this time on Holy Ghost Notes. Here we go. Buckle up. I will throw your ideas in the trash. That wasn't very nice. We're close. We're tight. What's going on? Dude, that is so cool. Hello, everyone. My name is Matt, and you are listening to the Holy Ghost Notes podcast. I am here with my co-host, Tim Anderson. Yo. I, I am uh, I'm in the back of the bus right now on the other side of the door separating the back lounge, which is where I am, from the rest of the bus. <clears throat> um, on the other side of this door are 12 bunks, and most of them are occupied with my band members and our team who is in bed. <laughs> and uh, the reason for that is because it's one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, here we are. I hope that wherever you are and whatever time it is is a is a more appropriate time to be awake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And a less odd location than the one I'm in, sitting in the back lounge of our tour bus recording this. But it's just the way it goes. It's not the yep. first time, and it won't be the last. Um, all to say, we did it. We're here, Tim. Episode mm-hmm. ninety nine, and yeah. what a what a great scenario I find myself in to just prove that this takes perseverance. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> last one in the double gi- digits, and and we're working for it. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's oh, good though. It's exciting. It is. Yeah, it is. It's really exciting. I I want to give a. A shout out right away um, to my wife, Annie, for giving me a card before I left. I haven't opened it yet because it's not episode 100, but I will be on tour or when we record episode 100. And on the front of the card, it says, do not open until you record episode 100 Holy Ghost Notes. Congratulations. (laughs) Um, I just thought that was really cool because I don't know about your wife, Tim, but the reason I think it's really cool is because I didn't know that my wife was keeping track of how many episodes we mm. are up to. Yeah. And uh, she she clearly is, which That's cool. I, I don't know if she's listening to these episodes, but it's still meant a lot to me. Yeah. That's cool. Thank you, Annie. I like that. I love you. <laughs> my wife has actually started listening to the podcast more. I don't know if she's like up to date. Um but mm-hmm. occasionally um i'll i'll hear my voice or our our conversations <laughs> coming through <laughs> uh and uh, so I, I do know that she's listened she's listened and listens occasionally so that's uh it's awesome that means a lot it does it really does yeah because yeah, she hears me talk enough as it is so that's exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true well to our wives. Um, to our wives. Thank you. Yes. Thank you to our wives. And man, I just, I feel really fortunate and really yes. blessed. Julian, most of thank the, you. Most you. of the time, every day. So, <laughs> yes. Episode yes. 100's coming up. Um, mm-hmm. Such a, such a, such an awesome thing that we get to, I don't know. It, it's one of those things we've talked about a ton of times. We didn't think we'd make it very far as a podcast because we started this um, at a time in our lives when we had a lot to talk about mm-hmm. because we were both going through a dynamic, 
uh, I don't know, chapter, I guess you'd say. And yeah. you'd think that after 10 episodes or something like that, you know, recording twice a month, that you would just run out of things to talk about. But we haven't somehow. Yeah. We keep coming up with new topics. And um, at this point, we're not stopping. We're not going anywhere. And now it's like episode 100, sweet. Can't wait for that. But let's keep going. 100, I mean, that's, yeah. that's nothing. We can, I know. We can, we can keep on rolling. Crazy. And obviously, we would not be doing this if it, if it wasn't for people that listened and cared about what we have to say. Mm -hmm. So thank, thank you for listening. Um, Tim, Tim and I used to talk a lot back in early, I don't know, 2010, 11, 12, yeah. 10 years ago or so. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then we lost touch for a while, and now we're back at it. And it's, it's neat to be able to put our life experience, what we know and have learned, a lot of which has been the hard way to put it out yep. there and have the inner circle be following up and continuing the conversation. Yep. Episode 100 is a, a big win for me personally because I get to look back at episode one and see how much change has happened in my life. Mm -hmm. That, I think, is the takeaway with this podcast personally is that I get to actually track where I was mm -hmm. over three yeah. years ago and see where I am today. It's wild. Yeah, a hundred conversations that document periods of our lives that uh, mm -hmm. have shaped who we are. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it is. You know? Yeah, um, it's it's awesome. So, um, talking about the tour I'm on, we, are, we have an off day today, which is why we're recording this, or yesterday at this point, but... I'm in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We play here tonight, um, and then we have we have five more shows, so it's six shows in a row. Nice. That is not common for ABR to do anymore. It used to be fairly common to do six, five, six, even seven shows. We I didn't even really think about how many shows in a row we have without a day off. You just do it. Yeah. And I never used to think about days off. They would just... All of a sudden, you're like, oh, wait, we have the day off tomorrow. Okay, well, what should we do? Now, because our show is an hour and 25 minutes, that's our, that's our weekend. Mm -hmm. you, you kind of base your week, quote, unquote, on the weekend. We, we base how many shows in a row we have on, on uh, you know, our performances, in a way, on when our next day off is. When can we rest? Yeah. And right. if you think about Jake, what, what he's doing every night on stage with his voice and with the energy and, and with Brent headbanging and JB ripping and Dustin mm -hmm. playing all these instruments, you know, it's, it's pretty taxing. So yeah. we are doing six in a row, which is outside of the box for us. It just so happened that we had an opportunity to fill that middle slot and just connect a string of shows. So yeah. we're... <laughs> we didn't really talk about today, but I know the crew is like, all right, here we go. Buckle up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. Jeez. Hey, you guys put a lot into your shows as it is, but yeah, being a longer set and, uh, you know, I can imagine mm -hmm. that, you know, what you're feeling right now is, you know, it's probably partial excitement, but also... 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just gearing up, getting ready, because you know, when you don't give your body a break, it's just like you're just adding it, adding to it. You know, each night, <laughs> like right. It's it's a lot. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Um, <clears throat> last night I was playing, and I had a, I don't know what other word to use, but breakthrough on really? drums. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I had been tucking my chin and sort of caving my diaphragm to look down at my feet. Mm. The first yeah. five shows. And Spencer okay. pointed it out to me. And uh, last night in Royal Oak, Michigan, which is basically Detroit, I sat and I opened my body to the crowd. M- huh. Meaning the best metaphor I can think of is when you play soccer and you kick across your body, it doesn't end well. But if you mm. open up your body, you open up your hips, and you, you face the goal, you have a much better chance of scoring. Yeah, yeah. And so what I was doing and didn't really realize it was, I was, I was sort of sinking back in and looking down, not opening my body up. And I thought it was helping me. Of course, I was trying to do everything I could to play better. <laughs> not, <Right. laughs> not up there doing that to play worse. Yeah. And it was... It was, it was having the opposite effect on my playing. Well, last night I, I went into the show. I told Annie before the show, you know what? My goal tonight is I might not be able to figure all this out. I want to play well, but my number one goal is I walk off stage and say I, I faced the crowd. I gave them a, a show visually, and I didn't look down as much. And I would say the first three songs I noticed a little bit of a difference but then fourth fifth sixth it started to kick into high gear and I just felt like myself again mm. yeah it it That's makes a lot of sense when you when you think about it but it, it was so counterintuitive it was the last thing in the world I wanted to do to try to get control of my feet and my hands and the kit I just felt like I was sitting on top of a skyscraper trying to kick double bass yeah and I just <laughs> I felt like I was standing and so I was trying to like cave in and look at my feet to connect with them. Mm-hmm. If you're a drummer and you can relate to this, you know the feeling. It's really a terrible feeling. And the, the, the last thing in the world I thought would help is to not look at my feet and look out and sit up straight and really like just um, powerhouse the kit. Not, not in terms of like slamming the drums, but just sit, sitting upright Yeah, and that's what gave me the control that's what gave me the balance that's the key word Mm. i was searching for balance yeah and last night i found it again and man it was such an awesome feeling to Mm. when things go right it is so rewarding on the kit yeah things just click dude spencer that guy guy deserves a raise <laughs> no kidding he told me that today did he <laughs> yeah he did yeah man <laughs> yeah I, it's funny i you know since we've been kind of deep diving the the you know I, obviously the podcast is often uh going into the mental side of drumming but um since we've recently kind of taken the deep the dave elich approach or the you know the physical mm-hmm. side i've gotten a lot of texts and messages just about um you know realizing what your body does and how making mm-hmm. some subtle changes like you know seat height how it can mm-hmm. affect even just the 
the soreness or the pain that you feel after drumming, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just you know like like subtle co- corrections, and it's like there's there is really kind of you, you almost need a balance of like don't overthink this, mm-hmm. do what is natural, yeah, um, but also like take time or you know maybe spend some some seasons of your drumming career uh breaking down what you're doing and what you're doing mm-hmm. wrong don't overthink it mm-hmm. to the point of detriment where it starts to hurt your your drumming but just mm-hmm. analyze what you're doing and see how you can improve your form and things like that i mean that's what what you do when you're working out right you know you you, you have a trainer there that's analyzing your form and helping you make adjustments so that you don't hurt yourself and so that you can mm-hmm. lift heavier weight and things like that. And then and then you have to start practicing with that form and you have to stop thinking about it so much. You have to make it more natural. And then that's mm-hmm. when improvement starts to begin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we almost have to take that approach with drumming, I think, sometimes. Like I find that when I'm all up in my head about what I'm doing, it's hard to really progress. Um, mm-hmm. But after I get past that hurdle, that initial hurdle of like, okay, I just changed my seat height. Oh, I just moved this piece on the kit or, oh, I just made this adjustment to my form. <laughs> Once I get past that, uh, I'm in my head about it, <laughs> then mm-hmm. I can actually start improving Then it becomes mm-hmm. more natural. So I think it's just a, it's just something we all have to do, uh, that makes yeah. a lot of sense, especially yeah, as we get does. older, like we're yeah. You know, when I was younger, I wasn't really concerned about being sore after drumming because it just didn't really happen. But now, right now, I do get sore. <laughs> so yeah, you know, to think about it a little bit yeah. more. Yeah, absolutely. My <clears throat> uh, to follow that up, I think going back and looking at how you used to play is pretty important. Yeah, I, I bring that up because I saw a video of a friend sent me a video of me playing thirty and seven from two thousand nine. Mm. I was like, wow, I used to hit like that, or I used to sit like that. Yeah. I used to play like that. And I, just speaking personally, maybe people can't relate to this a ton, but I think it's a, I think it's pretty relatable for a lot of people. At least, at the, at the very least, when you started playing drums, you were having fun. Yeah. And so if you've lost some of that, go back and look at what you were playing. Mm-hmm. Find a video or find a recording. And then also visually, what were you doing? Because I found yeah. human nature is to take the easy route, the path of least resistance. And once, in my experience, <clears throat> once you find an easy route, an easier way to do something, you you typically go that way over and over and over again, and now it becomes your default. But it might not be the right way to do it all the time. And so yeah. you deviate from the way that you used to play. And some of that's good, but there could be some good things you left behind that now you're, you've forgotten about. Mm-hmm. You've forgotten how to do, or you've forgotten that you even did it. Right. And I, I've seen that in my plane. Like, Matt, what do you mean you, you had to be told to face the crowd and open yourself up? <laughs> you've yeah. always done that. Why? I know you're telling me. I mean, <laughs> I'm as surprised as you are. I, yeah. I don't know how you do something for 20 years and then you fall apart. Well, wait, I know, I actually do know why. 
because when things don't go right, you look for ways to troubleshoot mm-hmm. the problem. Yeah. And in my experience, the ways that you troubleshoot the problem are oftentimes not right. And they yeah. actually make things worse. You overreact to the problem. That's right. Yeah. It goes to show you, and, I mean, how much is actually like going on in your head oh when gosh. you're drumming. I mean, it's, you know, like it, like last episode we were talking about like drumming misconceptions. Like here's here's one. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not just sitting up there hitting things. You know, there's like so many different things that go into this, you know, it's wild. It really is. So we'll, we'll kind of, let's segue from that into playing with other musicians. But first I want to talk a little bit about episode 100, which is coming up next. Yes. Talked about this in pre-roll and briefly here at the beginning, um, appreciating our, our wives and their support of this. It, It really does mean a lot. Um, but it means a lot to us that we are about to record episode 100, and we have something something pretty cool planned for it. Mm-hmm. What we're going to do, um, there's there's a surprise element to it that we can't talk about here, but you're going to want to tune in for episode 100. Yeah. There's something that I've been waiting to do up until this point that's actually going to come into fruition. <laughs> and... It's a big deal. It is a big deal. Yeah. It's a big deal. And I think we waited till the right time to do it. So listen two weeks from today, if you're listening on release date, episode 100 comes out with a surprise element. And um, there are also some other, some other, I don't know, ideas that, Tim, you came up with. Do you want to talk about them or do you want to leave yeah. those? Yeah, yeah, too. we can we can uh, we can okay. let the cat out of the bag. It's so okay. Um, so next episode is going to be a little different than our episodes have been leading up to this point. We thought it'd be uh, kind of cool to uh, reminisce a little bit. Uh, you know, it's been four years of doing this, hundred episodes, hundred conversations that we've had, and uh, so uh, we tossed the idea out to the inner circle to pick some of their favorite moments in Holy Ghost Notes history. And um, so we're going to, Matt and I are going to listen to clips selected by uh, the Inner Circle community, uh, listeners of Mm -hmm. this podcast. Um, And uh, we're going to react to them live and and then talk a little bit about them. So um, I haven't gotten all of the logistics ironed out because <laughs> I've had <laughs> issues recently with like playing audio clips through like Matt and I are usually conversing through zoom and like hearing the audio clip playing from one computer to the next. It's, it's, uh, sometimes there's issues there. So we're going to have some testing to do <laughs> leading up to episode 100, but, uh, we're going to figure out a way it's going to be fun and, uh, we'll get to kind of, uh, see a little bit of progression, I think from some of the earlier episodes to the later episodes and we'll have some laughs we'll have some comments i'm sure um but it's going to be a good time and uh, i'm excited about it yeah so cool that's what you guys have to look forward to join us episode 100 is coming up yes drumming topic today playing with other musicians Mm -hmm. i will take this and run with it all right since i didn't come up with it i always (laughs) feel like that's a better idea and um maybe we'll We'll disagree with each other, and uh, I think we'll see pretty eye to eye on this one. But yeah, 
take it away. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. My opinion is you shouldn't play with other musicians. <laughs> is that yours? It's not mine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So playing with other musicians. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to just talk about this in an August Burns Red world. Yeah. Sometimes I get up on stage and I think about me. I think about my drumming. I think about the way it sounds. I think about what I'm playing well and what I need to work on. I think about um, the. I think about the drum parts I wrote for the song, and you're just playing in this little bubble back there on this riser. Yet another argument for why it's important to open your body up and look out in front of you. Yeah, you're playing on stage. Look at your band. Look at the crowd. If you're playing in your rehearsal space by yourself, look straight ahead. Mm. Keep yourself in good form with good posture. Practice the way that you're going to play so that you can play the way you practice. If you're rehearsing and your band's there, sit up straight, look around, look straight ahead. Don't tuck your chin and compress your diaphragm. And um, <clears throat> when you're playing with other musicians, <laughs> you're playing with other musicians, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right? So when you hear them, you hear actually less of what you're doing and more of what all of you are putting together. This is, mm -hmm. this is you know, music 101, but... I've been doing this for 20 years now, and I, I, I need to remind myself of this a lot. I mean, when I'm on stage, sometimes I'll just think about drumming. I, I think actually more than sometimes, it's over half of the time, and I have to say, stop it. Listen to what Brent's playing. You know, listen to the rhythm. Listen to JB's melody. Yeah. I don't have Jake in my ears, but look at Jake. Involve the rest of the band in what you're doing. Yeah. And the outcome will be more musical. It'll be more cohesive. It, it will be more fun. Right. That's probably the biggest thing. It's just like anything else in life. If you go about it by yourself, you're, you're going to enjoy some benefits of being independent, being able to make your own decisions. But there, there is more to be said about someone who works with other people who does something in collaboration with others versus just independently. You can do more together than you can by yourself. Mm -hmm. And the crowd, by the way, is hearing a mix. <laughs> They're not hearing yeah. what you hear in your in-ears or in your wedge. So think about what the crowd is hearing and play in a way that benefits them because they're the ones that are there to hear you. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah, that's a great uh, that's a great way to kick this off. I, I agree with with all of that. Um, so this topic came to mind because I have been asked to talk about this hmm. um, by many different musicians that aren't drummers. Okay, <laughs> this is one of the most requested <laughs> topics. So I've been hmm. asked to, uh, or we've been asked, I should say, to talk about um, playing with bass players or playing with guitarists, or playing with, with, uh, with singers. Um, and I figured, let's just cover all of it, 
playing with other mm-hmm. musicians because I feel like um, at the core of it, um, it's actually the same. Um, and I know there are subtle differences. Um, so I kind of want to take two approaches here. And you kind of did this already, Matt, um, which is cool. Um, I wanted to to kind of take the music side and um, the, like, just people <laughs> side of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, playing musically, but then also, like, communicating and uh, being part of something with other people, relationally speaking. Um so on the music side, um, I think the first person who who asked me to do this was a bass player specifically, and there is something. And Matt, I'm I'm sure you agree. There is something mm-hmm. about like like bass and drums. You know, like mm-hmm. you're kind of like holding down that low end, and there's groove to it. Oftentimes, uh, the bass will actually mirror uh, what's being played on the kick in some ways. Um, kind of be like a play off of that um and so there's something special about bass and drums and i can say from my experience that every single band that i've been in um i always share kind of a special bond with my bass player Mm -hmm. um because there's something about the music um that the two of us just connect on especially like in a live setting. So the person whose eyes I would catch the most when I was drumming would be the bass player Mm -hmm. um, because we would just be kind of sitting there grooving and Mm -hmm. uh, we'd kind of be in sync together. Right, locked Um, in. Exactly, yeah. Um, Now, the other thing I have a lot of experience with is just playing with a guitarist. (laughs) You know, I mean, with a lot of bands, but like, like in the early days, especially, and then a lot of times when I was writing music, it was Mm -hmm. usually with my lead guitarist. Right. Actually, that's the same with me. So I'd just be sitting there playing, grooving with the lead guitarist. And there's something special about that as well. Yeah. Um, and it's totally different than what's special about playing with like your bass player. It's because like, um, you know, it's, it's, there's something different creatively about it. There's something different, um, musically about it. There's something exciting, you know, and, um, and, and that is special as well. Um, so even though maybe I'm not catching eyes with my lead guitarist as much as I am with my bass player on stage, we still Mm -hms. share this special connection because, the core of this song was built when we were like, you know, in the trenches <laughs> together, mm. you know, writing this thing, banging it out. Um, yep. So that is special. Um, I did the I did the same thing when I was writing Thrill Seeker. Yeah. Uh, maybe even parts of Messenger, but definitely Thrill Seeker in the three car garage at Griner Farms <laughs> with JB and Brent. I remember mm. writing the reflective property. There was a section where there was a <clears throat> pattern of um, three. And with my hands, I'm playing in four, but this pattern is in three. One, two, three. One, mm-hmm. two, three. And the idea just kind of came to me to do this. I, it was probably from a local band called Blind Influence or the idea mm-hmm. came from Extol or something like that and we yeah. just ran with it and I, I I will never forget figuring this idea out on the spot with JB in the same room that's cool you know just 
like in real time figuring out how it works. Yeah, it's special, right? It's mm-hmm. uh yeah, it mean it means something and it bring it brings meaning and value to that song uh every time you play it, you know. Right. Um so there's so there's that interesting connection. Um, I don't have as much experience playing with uh, pianists, but um, I'm sure it'd be something similar. Uh, I know I think there was like maybe one or two times where um, I was doing like a worship set, and it was kind of like more of a jam kind of free worship vibe, and definitely got into it with like the 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 piano like mm-hmm. uh, grooving there. So I know that there's also something special and piano specifically is uh very percussive it's actually a percussion considered a percussion mm-hmm. instrument as opposed to like a stringed instru- instrument or um you know so they're they're seeing piano as percussion because you're you know hitting the mm-hmm. keys and that's the hammers um so that's kind of interesting um but again, I don't have a ton of experience there, so I don't want to speak too much into it. Um, the dynamic between and and Matt, I, I doubt you share this uh, yourself, but the dynamic vocals. for me with vocals is yeah, probably the most estranged. <laughs> um, yeah, not because it's any less musical, but oftentimes, uh, no offense to any of the singers that I've played with, um, but the singer is kind of like the commander, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like the 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 leader in a way um and in in my experience they've always been very opinionated (laughs) so um when they're singing you know uh oftentimes uh, not every time but oftentimes it was songs they had written personally um Mm -hmm. or if they hadn't written it it was like a worship leader (laughs) and they're not just the singer but they're the you know the the, the, music the MD, director. yeah, they're the music yeah. director. Um, they're directing the entire yeah. thing. So, my relationship with the singers, um, although personally it was always good, from a musical standpoint, that was often where like I was told not to play things I wanted to play, <laughs> mm. or was told to change certain parts. Um, but looking back at that. I learned a lot because um, I learned how to compliment the vocals, mm-hmm. um, and and that was and that was special to me too. So um, you know, sometimes it was you know uh, I was being told to to play quieter or play something different <laughs> or mm-hmm. you know change what I was doing. Um, but it was also still just an interesting dynamic, and it was something that, although it might have been frustrating at in the moment, uh, made it sound better, ultimately. Hmm. Um, I have a thought on this. Okay. <clears throat> so just follow me through this analogy. Yeah. You walk out your back door of your house. You look at your, in my case, I have a yard with a detached shop and garage. Whatever your the backyard of your house looks like. Just imagine. Look out. All right. Walk over to your neighbor's back porch and look at his property. Mm-hmm. Does it look the same way it does when you look at his property from yours? Now look back at your backyard from, the, from his back porch. Does mm-hmm. it look the same as it does when you look out from your back porch? I am 
amazed at how different our properties look when I stand on my neighbor's property and look at mine and vice versa. Mm. It's, it's so, it's, it like, it always surprises me and I don't, I just don't get used to it. In fact, before this tour, I had the same experience. I've lived at the same place for 14 years. You know, I should be pretty used to this, but it's just so amazing how if you move over a hundred feet, everything looks different. Yeah. And as you're talking about this, I'm thinking it's a good idea to learn another instrument besides the one that you play. And at the very least, it's a good idea to just learn more about the instrument that someone else plays in your band. Mm. Whether you're watching them play as you're playing drums, you're watching them play guitar or bass or, do, or scream or sing, or, um, or that you actually pick up another instrument or that you have some background because it will put new perspective on the way that you play your instrument. Yeah. In much the same way that you really think that you have a grasp on how things look in your own backyard until you walk over 100 feet or even 50 feet and mm. you look at it from another way and it's like, wait, what? Yeah. I think that this is an important thing for me with the band that um, I've seen with someone like Dustin, mm. who is the bass player for the band. And, um, you know, he plays guitar, he plays drums, and I think that his ability to write music has just gotten better and better and better because mm. he is able to understand music just overall in, uh, with, with more perspective because yeah. he... He knows what it's like to play the drum parts to the song he wrote guitar on, and he knows what he wants to play on bass guitar. Yeah, right. Yeah, when you kind of ha see that full picture, um, almost like a producer would, um, mm -hmm. which is all, you know, you, you see a lot of drummers actually go into production when, once they start learning other instruments and, you know, writing a lot and stuff because it's, um, you know, you... you you do have a different perspective, but that's a really good point. I think it's, it is valuable, you know, whether or not you have the desire to switch from drums to another instrument or, or, you know, or not, but mm -hmm. like learning that or trying to attempt, to, attempting to learn another instrument, um, definitely gives you a greater appreciation for it. Um, yeah. and especially if you take the time to actually, uh, play that part you know i've had the uh ability to do that which has been invaluable you know right um i've been a lead singer i've been a guitarist i've been both of those things uh guitarist and singer i've played drums you know um i've even played bass a handful of times for worship on a sunday i'm not good at it but i've done mm -hmm. it <laughs> and you know <laughs> it definitely gives you a greater appreciation um, for that, that part, you know, playing that part mm -hmm. in a band. Um, so I think, I think that's great advice. Um, but I think, you know, you need to see every single role in the band as mutually important. You know, if you mm. lose one of those things, it's, it affects everything. You know, uh, mm -hmm. I know like oftentimes I see like the bass player get kind of the short end of the stick. Yeah. <laughs> like it was like, yeah, we could do without the bass player. Right. But man, uh, like I, uh, went, you know, we were went with this, this church, um, uh, this church launch that we've been doing. Uh, it's not really a launch anymore, but, uh, or church plant. It's, it's like, um, we were without a bass player for so long and <laughs> it just, 
you felt it, you know, it was like Mm -hmm. there was something missing that just needed to be there and it was the bass. And as soon as like the first Sunday that we had the bass there, it was like, wow, this, Mm. this is what we've been missing this whole time. And it's like, until you don't have it there, uh, you don't appreciate it as much. But I remember like, even like in my, my high school band, you know, whenever my bass player couldn't, my bass player was, he lived further away from the rest of us. So occasionally he would miss practice because he couldn't mm-hmm. make it or, you know, he couldn't get there on time. And we felt it. You know, like when he was not there, it was different. It wasn't as. Oh my uh, gosh, dude. Yeah, when the bass just... drops out on stage, it's like, <laughs> ew, what's yeah. going on? Yeah. It's not even super. It is actually decently loud on my mix compared to guitars, I would say. But it's it's not, it's not in general a, an instrument that is prominent. Mm-hmm. You almost have to hear it when it's absent and then hear it come in yep to know that it's how exactly important it is yeah yeah exactly which by the way tim are you still going to treadmark church is that is that <laughs> the church you're going to no, no that's not it <laughs> oh it's not <laughs> no why are, you, why are you laughing <laughs> what's the name of your church it sounds like that one church <laughs> oh yeah it's very close okay that's it's pretty similar yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Well, that's besides the point. Yeah, it's fine. Um, it is definitely it's besides fun. the point. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, yeah, it's uh, so. So the other thing I want to uh, the uh, the other direction I want to take this is the relational side of things. Um, yeah. You know, being in a band with other musicians. Well, obviously, that's why I brought up. Your church, because I knew you were going there, and uh, when you're playing, honestly, when you brought this topic up, I thought of what my old worship pastor used to say, which was, he, I'm serious, it's getting too late for you, man. Is it buffoon? He would, uh, yeah, yeah, kind of. He uh, he would talk about the different, um, that wasn't very nice. He would I'm talk sorry. about the different personality types on the worship team. Have you ever okay. heard this? Yes. Yes. Okay. So there's like, there, I don't remember them all, but there's the artist. And the artist is the guy that's like, okay, we're going to practice on a Thursday night and I'm going to play the drum parts this way. Mm. And everyone goes, wow, that was a really great practice. Can't wait to do the same thing Sunday morning. And the artist personality goes, <laughs> mm-hmm. if I do the same thing Sunday morning, how that's not very artistic. Yeah, it's not original. I need to... I need to have something that happens spur the moment, something that's different than the way that's already been done. Yeah. Even though the way it was done was good. Then you have the the shepherd. That's the um that's the artist, the musician on stage who is who is really not thinking in terms of how he's playing, he or she is playing or what it sounds like, but more so what is God doing mm. in the church as the worship is being played. Yeah. Those are the only two I can remember. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. There's I remember five. there was like yeah, four or five. Uh, but the, uh, do you remember even just between those three? Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't know what either. the other ones are. Shepherd and artist, and perfectionist is somewhere in there. I remember there being one that's that yeah, kind of describes me like you are playing it. You want to play it exactly like it is on mm-hmm. the album, and unless it's played the same way every time, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. You could care less about it being unique and distinct and 
original each time you perform it. It should be played the way it was originally recorded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yep, that's me. Yeah. Producer, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I, th- I think it's, I think it's, you know, to your point, it's, an, it's important to recognize the um, personality types that, you know, right. are within your band because you can uh, better communicate and mm-hmm. uh, come to... And empathize. Yeah, and empathize, for sure. Um, it's... Had I known that, just just that, like, as a kid, you know, you don't realize that people don't think the same, that everyone, right. you know, you know, you know there's obviously differences in how you think and what you say and what you do and personalities and stuff, but you don't, like necessarily approach music at least at least for me i didn't necessarily approach music like the rest of the band might not see it the way that i do or mm-hmm. like when it whatever perfect means in my mind like when i hear like this song is supposed mm-hmm. to sound this way they don't necessarily agree that that is perfect mm-hmm. you know and and that was something that took me a while to figure out um, but being mm. able to understand like the types of people that you're that you're playing with, um, I think that's that's important. I think we you know we've said in the past how important it is to play with other musicians as a as a way to get better. Um, but I think this is a big part of it. It's not as simple as just playing music with other people. It's like getting to know the traits of these people. Mm getting to know um or you know uh, being able to to compromise in music to come to like a middle ground um like formulate like as a as a band that's first starting out like formulating your sound doesn't mean you know figuring out what what style of music you want to play or what you like to write personally like when you're in a band formulating your sound is like taking bits and pieces from everybody mm-hmm. and figuring out where you all agree what it yeah what it <laughs> yeah. produces in yeah the end. exactly and you have to be open to that and that's hard to do for a lot of people especially if you're you know you've been playing by yourself for a long time or you know exactly what you want you know like mm-hmm. that was the hardest thing for me like a, my, my buddy and i wrote a bunch of songs and we spent years auditioning uh, singers for this mm-hmm. band that we both had, you know, formed without the rest of the band. <laughs> we had just expected <laughs> like the singer to come along and be like, yep, you're going to sing these songs and these are the mm-hmm. lyrics and, you know, and this is what we want to do with the band. This is the vision. This is the goal. And that just did not happen. Like there was yeah. no one that was like, oh yeah, I'll sing these songs. Yeah, I'm, I'm do down that. just playing it exactly the way that you have on this demo. Mm-hmm. Like that's no one wanted to do that. And and that's the thing. Like when you're starting a band, you kind of have to be open to everyone's input and everyone's opinion. Yeah, and some people I mean, are going to be can... the type that's just like, yeah, I'll do, you know, just tell me what to play. I'll play it. Like that's yeah. fine. But I think in well, most was... cases, you're not going to necessarily see that. <laughs> I, I think you can do that if you're an established band. That is who true. Is You're right. Trying people out, mm-hmm. and it's like, if you've been hey. doing things a certain way for a long time, that might be yes. what's expected of you for sure. Yeah, being a hired yeah. gun. If is, there's a sound, is yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, exactly. A hired gun, or even you know, Dustin or a Jake coming into the yeah. band. True. We need someone to take this spot. 
And yeah. They, they know they're coming in. They have their own sound, of course, but here are mm-hmm. the parts the way they were played. And if we write, if you're accepted into the band and we write more songs, then you can... Then you can have your creative input. Have some creative liberties yeah, sure. at that point. Sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's that's a, that's a good, um, a good uh, piece to add there. Um, the only other thing I really wanted to cover here was just how, um, for me, playing with other musicians in a live setting is just like I, I don't even know what to compare it to because it's like if you have this like energy on stage mm-hmm. that you're bringing to the table mm-hmm. just it multiplies and you somehow experience that energy mm. multiplied and it's the weirdest mm-hmm. thing and I don't know how to describe it really um, but I, I love playing with other people on stage because it's just... Um, I mean, I've done the solo thing where I'll get up with an acoustic guitar and and sing, and it's exciting, and you know, it's there's uh, there's something to it. But but playing with other people, it's just like it magnifies it. Yeah. And and you know, I, I said it before, but like, there's nothing like catching eyes with one of your bandmates at that part that you both love. Right. And you catch eyes at that part. Yeah, exactly. Goofing off on stage and, and, uh, you know, just having a good time up there. Grabbing your cymbals, hitting your cymbals, flipping your sticks. It's, uh, it makes it more fun and it's, there's just energy that you're, you're feeding off of and it it just gets you even more excited. I would say another thing to add to that too is if, if there are mistakes made on stage, um, own it. Yeah. If if you had if you can own it, see it as something you can take on. It's a it's a hard thing to explain. I just remember I'm contrasting two different periods of my life, 2008 Matt when if there was an issue and we got off click and something screwed up, mm-hmm. I was gonna be pretty defensive about saying well it wasn't me or it was my in ears or it wasn't this or it was this person right. or it was this thing. And I remember in 2015 or 16 or 17, we were overseas and I was messing up this part and we got completely off the click and it was humiliating, humiliating. And everybody knew it. Mm -hmm. I walked backstage and I said, I'm sorry. Put my hands up. I said, I'm sorry. It's on me. It was 100% my fault. There were things that happened afterwards that I felt like could have been handled better with the song. But at the end of the day, it was my fault that we even fell apart. Yeah. And the quicker you can own that in this conversation of playing with other musicians, the better. Mm -hmm. Because you'll be the kind of musician that people, A, want to play with, and B, you'll be the kind of musician who gets better and better and better and better and better because you're bringing your mistakes into the light. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah, yeah, learning how to... um... Yeah, it's a it's a lesson in humility, learning how to to come oh, yeah. to the to the creative table, um, with an open mind. Um, you know, it's there's nothing like if you're really if you're in a band with a lot of really talented individuals, your ideas are gonna get shot down a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're gonna be like, mm-hmm. what if we do this? Ah, uh, no, I don't know about that. Uh, you know, I think we could do better. Mm-hmm. Like, and but that's what that's what like sharpens you, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. if you didn't have that, then every single idea, whether it were like, how frustrating would it be if you threw out a, a, an idea as a joke, like, mm-hmm. like, let's just do this. 
And everyone's like, dude, that is so cool. Like you would be like starting to question, like, do you actually yeah. know what's right. good and what, you know? So for me, right. I'd, I'd rather be throwing this idea out that is awesome. And they're just like, eh, I think we mm-hmm. can do better. Cause mm-hmm. that, that like pushes me, you know, that, that makes, yeah. so they're like, like you that's have guano, to, right? <laughs> that's guano. Uh, you have to <laughs> approach it. Um, <laughs> you have to approach it with an open mind and you have to be open to criticism. Um, you have to be yeah. open to, uh, to working together. Um, you know, I've definitely worked with musicians who just walked out in those situations you know, yeah. just didn't, didn't want it. They were so frustrated mm-hmm. and they couldn't, and it's like, there's no, and their feelings are hurt. Yeah. And you don't get they anywhere when it's hurt. that way. You know, it's, it's tough. Um, you know, I've got, I mean, and it's sometimes you will get like heated. You'll take offense when this, uh, I, you know, I'm actually probably the worst offender because I'm usually the one shutting people down. <laughs> like People throw <laughs> ideas and I warn people. I was like, if you want to write with me, just be prepared because mm-hmm. I will shut, I will, you know, I will throw your ideas in the trash. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, takes, if I don't like it, I'm going to tell you. And that's... It, it takes emotional um, maturity. It does. It takes emotional security. It takes emotional maturity. And what it does is it, it actually grows you a lot as a musician. Mm-hmm. But it grows you even more as a person. And yeah. it's a transferable character trait mm-hmm. that you need if you're going to be in a relationship with someone yep if you're going to be a good employee at a company if you're going to be a good boss yeah um if you're going to be a good friend you you need to be able to accept criticism and not base your entire identity on the thing that you're being criticized for yeah i didn't know how to do that when i was younger because i didn't have the emotional maturity mm-hmm. and my older years i i it it struck me. I, I didn't even realize that I had gotten better at this until a thing happened, a bad thing happened mm-hmm. on stage somewhere in Europe. And I went into the dressing room like, I'm sorry, I messed that up. And it was okay because now I could work on it. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what happened. I said, guys, tomorrow at soundcheck, I'm wearing my shorts and probably no shirt and because I'm going to sweat. Mm-hmm. We're going to figure this part out. And it's embarrassing. I just went through this on this tour. It's humiliating to talk yeah. about stuff that you suck at. Mm-hmm. But when when you do that, there's an opportunity to fix it. Yeah. And the alternate reality is that you hide from it and you don't fix it. And you keep having to hide. And the rock you're hiding under keeps getting bigger. It has to keep getting bigger. Because yeah. the problem keeps getting bigger. And the, the quicker you can, you can get out from under it and just be transparent and bury your soul mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how it feels bury your soul uh you realize it's not that big of a deal yeah. i think that's one of my top five pieces of advice maybe even top three for someone who's who's getting into this don't be robbed of the joy of doing this and one of the ways you'll be robbed is if you hide mm-hmm. you hide your imperfections and securities in the shadows yep be willing to talk about them if someone if you walk into a conversation and they're talking about how you suck at this part be like okay cool this is an opportunity to do better help me understand instead of being like what are you guys doing yeah how dare you you know yeah make it a learning opportunity people out of 10 are gonna are gonna do that they're gonna freak out and flip a table but if you can be the guy that's like all right 
show me. Mm-hmm. Let's help me help me do this better. Yep. Then they look like the fool because they're crap talking you behind <laughs> your back. Yeah. And here you are like, okay, cool. That's, that's actually cool. You see something you don't like, let's make it better. That's right. Yeah. And guys, I can guarantee if you get to the point where you start working with like producers and recording and stuff, this is going to be something you have to be ready for because a producer is going to take it and say, we're going to change this around. Don't do this. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. That wasn't good enough. <laughs> do better. Yeah. You got to work on this part or we're going to take yeah. that part out. Like, you know, it's it's going to happen. Like you're going to hit the point at some point in your career if you're if you're, you know, excelling uh mm-hmm. where you're going to you're going to face this. So it's it's huge working with uh with other musicians uh including producers. Um it's uh that's like I think point number one is <laughs> just approach mm-hmm. it with humility and, uh, you know, the ability to learn and to be collaborative because it's a, it's a vulnerable thing when mm-hmm. you're working with other people creatively, I think, mm-hmm. you know, there's yeah. a oh lot of gosh, emotions yeah. at stake. Sacred so, ground. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Okay. Great. Good conversation. Yeah. Let's get into the faith topic. Yeah. So, so I can kick this one off. Okay, you want to kick this off? Yeah, yeah. Working God in. Yeah, so I yeah kind of threw out working God in, and the reason for this, um, I guess as per usual, this is something that I'm working on right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you've listened to recent episodes, you know that life is very busy for me right now, and I found that with you know an agenda like mine, a schedule like mine. Um, what is what often happens is I'm trying to find a place to work God in to my routine. Mm-hmm. And I'm realizing more and more that that's it doesn't really work. <laughs> like trying mm-hmm. to work him in doesn't work. Um, and so what I've been trying to figure out, and the premise of this conversation is, uh, rather than trying to work God in, how do you work your life around God? Um, hmm. And I have some thoughts on uh, how to do this, and, I'll, and I'll, I guess I'll, I'll start just by saying that um, I so appreciate uh, having kids <laughs> hmm. um, because... Uh, in a way, they've forced me to keep God at the center. Uh, I'm reminded so often of my own uh, shortcomings. Uh, and I don't mean to come at this from a negative standpoint. I'm just saying like like I find that <laughs> the worst of me comes out uh, when I'm you know, I'm getting frustrated, I'm impatient. Mm-hmm. Uh, with my kids, um, you know, and I, and I start to get convicted about just, you know, it's like, I am like my, my son is doing this and I'm getting frustrated. It's like, man, I just did this hmm. spiritually speaking, <laughs> like, like where I do this all the time. And, and it hits me like, like, it's like a little reminder, like God's just telling me like, this is you, this is what, you know, this is what you do. <laughs> and uh, 
And so I, I'm so thankful for that because it has really helped me uh, just get recentered. But in addition mm. to that, and I've mentioned this before, like um, there's habits that I've been trying to make with my kids, like you know, praying on the way to daycare together. That's cool. Um, Starting and, traditions with them. Yeah, and, and you know, full transparency. I actually got out of the habit of doing that for a while, um, and my uh, my six year old Caden um, has been asking, <laughs> "Can we pray together?" Um, even like at night, you know, he's been he's been scared to sleep alone in his room because there's Aww. monsters in his closet and stuff like that. You know, I don't know where he ever hears that. I don't know where that idea came from. Um, kids, I guess, just get scared of monsters in their closet. Um, mm-hmm. The concept monsters of Inc. it. Yeah, so, you know, whatever <laughs> it is. But uh, so he's, you know, scared that there's monsters in his closet. And so, you know, um, you know, before bed, he's like, can you, know, can you pray with me? And it's just like little things like that that really help me just, it just centers me. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. Of course I can pray with you. Like, in fact, yeah. I would love to. Like, this is, yes. <laughs> like, I should have been the one saying, hey, let's pray before yeah. bed. But my son right. is saying, hey, can you pray with me? You know, and it, and right. it's uh, and it's just, it's been really, it's been really cool. But that kind of brought up just the idea in my mind of like, okay, <clears throat> I'm trying to find all these ways to work God in when really I should be working everything around God. And the, the, I guess the conclusion I came to, not the conclusion I want to get to in this conversation, but the conclusion that I came to is something that we've talked about in the past, believe it or not, which is just acknowledging God. Just the idea mm-hmm. of yep, just I remember that. acknowledging that Throughout he is here. Yeah, yeah. Just in, Hi, God. It, it's, not, it's not necessarily... Like, I don't want to say it's just including him because he's already included. It's just, it's just knowing that he's a part of this. Like, this is not, Mm -hmm. we're not in this alone. Um, You know, we don't necessarily have to leave a conversation. And I I don't remember if I used this analogy when I originally brought up this topic, but like, um, you know, if, if I have a friend over my house and we're really close and we're having a conversation and then we kind of do our own thing, but we're still like in the same room together as that often happens. You know, if you're mm-hmm. hanging out with people and you just, you know, you kind of you go off and you do your own thing, but they're still there. Like, especially like with me and my wife, for instance, like we'll be having a conversation and the conversation never really ends. We're never like, okay, see ya. You know, <laughs> yeah. like I don't say like, amen. And then leave my wife, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, it's like, I want that relationship with God. Like we're close, we're tight, you know, we're yeah. talking all the time. He's still here. Why do I have to say, mm-hmm. all right, see you God. I'm going right. to go and do my That's thing. True. It's like, no, let's just like <laughs> leave it open-ended. Like I'm going to come back to this conversation. I'm going to say, oh yeah. Hey God. By the way, <laughs> you yeah, know, like right. like that's that's what I want, and so mm-hmm. that at least has been kind of the first step for me in in instead of working God in, working it around Him, like just as a pillar, like He's here, mm. and I need to acknowledge Him and need to uh, focus on Him. Um, but I'm, I'm interested to hear, I actually think I know where you're going to go with this, <laughs> but I'm interested to hear what you have to say, Matt. 
Yeah. So two things. One, I just started working <clears throat> with a company called Men of Iron. I've known about them for a while and I know a couple of the guys who are involved with it. This year I had the opportunity to put some skin in the game and actually be mentored hmm. by uh, <clears throat> someone there who I look up to, I have a lot of respect for, and I actually have a lot in common with. And the one thing that they focus on is faith. It's the first thing they focus on. And, and what they want you to do is come up with 90-day goals. We sat down last Monday, and I had a list of some things I wanted to work on. And my mentor said, whoa, these are not New Year's resolutions. I'm looking for things that you're already doing that you can build on. I don't want these to be so lofty that you are just checking things off of a list. <laughs> actually means something to you. And so I dialed things back a little bit. And... Um, <clears throat> What I realized was that I was being asked in a few areas of my life to be a Christian or to be a leader or to be someone who's faith-based. Not asked in an outright way maybe, but it was implied. Hmm. Like, hey, could you do this? Or can you yeah. do this? Or since you're doing this or since you are this kind of person it was like a pretense but right. but was it really who i was is it really who i am hmm. and when i was establishing these goals i realized that um my what what my day looks like is oftentimes absent of a close and active relationship with God and yet I live my life as if it's very important and very um, that I'm that I'm very intentional about my faith hmm. but when you really look at the at the relational aspect of your private spiritual life what is it really what's the health status yeah yeah and it's pretty convicting Dude, yeah. The the second thing I'll say is not not in my opinion <clears throat> um drumming has been something that God has given me to give to other people, to enjoy, right? To enjoy for myself so other people can enjoy music and also to give back to him. And it's been something that he's given me that saved me from a lot of grief and also brought me back to him so many times and i think when we think a uh, uh, when we think as christians of getting close to god or building our faith strengthening our faith building our relationship with god getting closer to him all these things that we're talking about um there there are a lot of things that god has given us in our lives that are good things that are are really just things but because he's put them in our lives and put a desire in our hearts to do them, they're, they're all so much more than that. Mm -hmm. 
and they are for example in my case drumming it's it's something that is like worship like church to yeah me. yep and it's something that i've stewarded decently well and have worked at for a long time and that biblically speaking is is in line with how god sees work it's an important part of actually the genesis story mm-hmm. one of the first things that's talked about god worked and then he rested yep and it was good right he talks about these these things and yet sometimes we as christians act like all of that isn't spiritual <laughs> like work isn't spiritual um and it and it really is and so the next time you see someone that's doing a really good job at something you can you can say look at them using the the gifts that god's given them even if they're not christians even if they have no idea uh, about god or or about the things that are in their lives that they're working at that they're doing that actually bring you know glory to god and joy to other people those are some of the things that have been important to me for years the Mm -hmm. things that i'm working on are more of the foundational pillars if you will like scripture reading getting in the word praying with god being active with him but there there are a lot of things outside of that box that we can't forget about that we have to remember yeah i think that is the key here is like don't put god in a box (laughs) like Mm -hmm. why do you think that like is it even is it like i'm like almost convicted right now by saying like like pretending like I had any responsibility to work God into my life. Mm-hmm. Like, like I had the power to work God in right. <laughs> to schedule him in. It's like, no, that's like, yeah. that's just like assuming that like we're cookie cutter Christians Yeah, that and is we're, so you know, and that and... we're working uh Sunday morning church into, you know, to our schedule and making sure that right. we spend some time in devotions or whatever. It's like, that is so in a box that that's I need to break asinine. out of, <laughs> right? Yeah, I know. And it, and yet that's where our brains go. Yeah. And, and dude, thank you so much for being honest because like, I feel the exact same way. Like sometimes and probably primarily because of this podcast, because it's in some ways a faith-based podcast that like, sometimes I feel like I have to, you know, maintain appearances like I have mm-hmm. like my shit together and yeah. <laughs> like I am real close to God and, you know, uh, and yeah, yeah like, uh, like I feel like I'm in a great place right now uh, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to be better. That's what this conversation is all about. Um, yeah, you know, but I'm not like any better than anyone else. In fact, I'm probably worse than most of you listening. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're listening yeah. to this podcast, it's probably cause you're really, you know, you, you want to hear conversation that is faith-based and, 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 uh, or Mm -hmm. if you're listening right now, at least you might've turned it off after the drum topic, but (laughs) if you're listening right now, it's because you probably are, you know, you want to hear this. You want to be, you know, uh, you know, the iron sharpens iron effect, you know, and that's awesome. And that's more than I can say for myself some days. (laughs) Like I will just turn it off because I just don't want to hear it. You know, that's Uh, funny. That's the mantra that's used for men of iron. Oh, is it? Yes. Yeah, T-shirt I, on the bus. That here. does make sense. Uh, it's iron, iron sharp iron. That's pretty funny. Uh, but I, I think that's it, man. Like, like, you, you want to work your life around God? Stop putting him in a box. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. simple, to me. Like, yeah. you know, acknowledge that he's that he's at work. 
You know, like you're not prohibiting mm-hmm. him from from doing. I mean, maybe you're, you're maybe you're not see, not noticing what he's doing. Maybe you're not listening to what he's saying. But that doesn't mean he's not saying something. That doesn't mean mm-hmm. he's not doing something, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So so what is that? Is it comes down to a acknowledging that he is here, that he's doing something, that he's at work, and b listening to what he's saying to you. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's, and, and it's not working God in, it's not working your life around God. It's literally just like being aware, <laughs> just mm-hmm. opening your eyes, opening your ears. Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. noticing what God's doing. And well, uh, I just it's... came to this conclusion just now, even though it's really rudimentary when you break it down, it's <laughs> pretty yeah. simple. The Bible like says most it. most things. <laughs> but it's, it's really not all that much different from the, from the music, uh, from the drum topic. Mm. Are you are you playing as if you're the only one in the room, or are you playing with other musicians? Mm-hmm. You know, God's giving you other people in your life, and 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 their and their lives should be important to you. It's, yeah, it's, it's the greatest commandment. You right, know, love God and love other people, and at the same time, um, the more that you realize. Because you're noticing other people, because you're seeing life as it is, you're opening yourself up to it. I mean, there's so many similarities to it, but yeah. because you see yourself in a true light, you know how screwed up you are. Mm-hmm. And in my experience, when you know how screwed up you are, you see how beautiful God is. Yeah. And you see that he's never turned his back on you. And yet you see how many times you have turned your back on him. Mm-hmm. And he will never turn his back on you. Just think about that. It's an amazing concept. And when people talk about, well, you know, people can abuse grace. They can abuse grace. Well, that's that's what that's what we're all doing every mm-hmm. single day. Even those of us that know that we're doing it. Yeah. We know we know the truth about God's love for us. And we know that he's given us free will. And we know better, and yet he he still decides. You know what? It comes down to your heart. Do That's you exactly believe right. that you have what it takes, or do you do you know deep down you just do not have it all together? Hmm. And can you admit that? Because if you can, you're going to be opened up to the greatest, most fulfilled future. That's real. It's not some life devoid of pain and pain and suffering. It's actually a life full of it, but it all has meaning. Mm-hmm. And when we get to the end of a conversation with someone else, we want to know that it meant something. Yeah, it has to have meaning. Otherwise, what's the point? And so, is your life full of meaning? Is what you're doing valuable? Is it significant? Does it matter? Some of the greatest lines in any movie or TV shows are the conversations where one person is saying to the other, one way or another, what you're doing matters. Mm -hmm. It matters more than you'll ever know. It matters the most. And when you are told that about your life, it breaks you down because can you believe it's true? You know how screwed up you are. Yeah. And if that's really true, how can that be? that you matter the most, well, it's because of the person telling you that. Yeah. They see you that way, even though you don't even believe it about yourself. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of a scene in Chernobyl, which you've ne- if you've never seen Chernobyl, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, mini series 
that was on HBO, I believe, HBO. And uh, in the last episode, I believe it's episode five, there's a scene that plays out on the outside of a courtroom where there's a scientist and there's a politician. And the politician's hired by the Kremlin to cover this whole thing up. And the scientist is a really, really smart man who's telling the politician, you're the one who matters the most here out of everyone here. And the politician can't believe it because he knows he's not worth a thing. Hmm. He, in fact, he knows he was hired to do the job because he's a sucker. He'll do whatever he's told. And you see this guy break down as he coughs up blood from this disaster. And it's, it's my favorite part of any TV show or movie ever. It's incredible. And like Tim Keller would say, it's because it reminds us of what's, of what's really going to happen in the end, what our lives are really about. Someone telling you that what you did mattered. Hmm. That, that it mattered so much, that your life matters so much, that, <clears throat> you know, someone loves you enough to give up their life for yours. Mm -hmm. That is amazing. Yeah. So I think in closing this, because it's two o'clock in the morning, uh, I just had yes. the thought that's... <laughs> we need to get to sleep because we're a bunch of old farts. <laughs> yes. And I have six shows in a row. Let's say, let's say a simple prayer. I think that would be the best way for me personally to thank God for this podcast that has been running for 99 episodes. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Tim? Can we get to 100? I think, I think we can. <laughs> Not tonight, because it's 2 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll make it. All right. <laughs> well, let's, uh, <clears throat> I'll pray and then you can close and then okay. we'll, we'll shut yeah, it down. Sounds good. All right? Yep, yep. <clears throat> let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity to record a podcast from a thousand miles apart from each other. Hmm. Thank you for the opportunity to run a podcast for over three years it started in the back of a tour bus and well here we are <laughs> in the back of a tour bus mm -hmm. this is just an awesome opportunity and we don't take it for granted thank you for everyone that's listening and has listened and will listen to this podcast i pray that our words and our hearts as we as we figure this thing out episode by episode we we talk about you. We talk about what we love to do with our lives, that um, you would work through it. We know that we fall short of where we want to be. And we thank yeah. you for giving us the grace, never turning your back on us. Yeah. We just can't believe that that is possible. And yet we're told it's true. And there, there are days when we see it and we believe it. And there are other days where it's, it's hard to see. And uh, God, I pray that you would just give us the patience to stick with what we know is true and to continue building our faith through conversations like this. Mm. Yes, God. Thank you for the revelation that happens through conversations like this. Even tonight, just having our eyes opened to simple truths that we often overlook. And uh, thank you for your mm -hmm. sense of humor. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for, for sticking with us, being part of the conversation, even when we may not be including you uh, 
necessarily. Uh, thank you that it's not up to us to include you. <laughs> thank you that it's not up to us to fit you in. Uh, thank you that whatever we do, we can be doing it for the glory. Thank you that thank you for your word and for how it shows us what a, what a life that's glorifying to you looks like mm -hmm. and just lead us and guide us to to be that to to live a life that's centered around you simply by uh not putting you in a box not uh not drawing in the lines so to speak mm -hmm. and just thank you for your forgiveness thank you for your patience with us and uh and thank you for conversations like this and i echo matt's sentiment thank you for everyone listening uh, and i and i just pray that you'll bless each and every one of them tonight or whenever they're listening to this um that they'll uh feel a sense of of your presence and um and be able to acknowledge you in this moment in jesus name amen amen and that's it, folks. We're going to shut her down. Episode yes. 100. What's up next? It's coming up. Crazy. Thanks for listening. Yes, yes. So, Time as always, big, uh, big shout out to our Inner Circle community. Um, if you don't know what we're talking about when we're referring to the Inner Circle, uh, check out patreon.com slash holyghostnotes. It is uh, a way to support this podcast. Um, we, don't, we don't advertise. Uh, we don't uh, make money uh, from any other source other than the uh, faithful people who uh, have been helping us out all these years, uh, keeping us going. Uh, we love them, um, and you can find out more by, by visiting that website. Um, speaking of the Inner Circle, I have a couple new shout-outs. So big shout-out to Chris Kavistad. Sorry about that. Probably botched so that last name. And thank you to Paul Yabara. Appreciate you both. Mm. Welcome to the Inner Circle. Thank you for your support. What's up, Paul? Looking forward to getting to know you. And, um, yeah, that's about all she wrote. If you have any comments, questions, we love hearing from you guys. Hit us up, Matt and Tim, at theholyghostnotes.com. And hit us up on social, at holyghostnotes. If you're a drummer and you post drum videos, uh, make sure you tag us or use the hashtag holyghostnotes so that we can see it. And um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, drop us a rating. We'd appreciate it. And that's, Very good. I think that's it, right? That's that's the list of that's things it. that we go that through at the end. That is definitely it. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's if it. If it's not it, I don't I care. I wasn't even going to go there. <laughs> I was going to hit the pillow. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Tim. Thanks, guys. Love you guys. Godspeed. Yep. Thanks, Matt. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.